Yeah, I mean, my influences are so broad. It's like basically even in one day, I'm going to listen to everything, especially Donda. You know what I mean? I'm going to have a Donda moment at some point in the day. And there's going to be Bob Marley and there's going to be Roots and there's going to be classical and there's going to be some, I mean, pretty much every day I'm going to have to, I'm a total music junkie. Like I'm so, that's my main drug of choice. Like I, you know, it's all I really do is just like ingest music. Welcome to episode 70 of the Bass Shed podcast. My name is Ryan Roberts. Double bassists, stop by lemurmusic.com for everything you need for the double bass. Not only everything you need, probably a bunch of stuff you want also. (laughs) Everything you want and need for the double bass can be found at lemurmusic.com. Stop by, check it out. Their collection of bows, basses, bass accessories, preamps, and more. lemurmusic.com. TsunamiCables.com, my favorite cables on the market. They come with a lifetime guarantee. No more, no more buying 10-foot cables on the way to a gig. That's over, folks. TsunamiCables.com. Use the promo code THEBASESHED, all one word, for 10% off. You can also listen to episode 51 of the Bay Shed podcast, where I talk with the owner of Tsunami, Keith Sticks. TsunamiCables.com. TrickfishAmps.com. Stop by the website. Use the promo code THEBASESHED, all one word, for 10% off. Check out their line of cabinets. Check out their line of base heads. And check out their preamps, the Minnow and the Trillobite. The Minnow is a single channel. The Trillobite is a dual channel and a B-box. Stop by TrickfishAmps.com. Use the promo code THEBASESHED, all one word, for 10% off. For regular listeners of the podcast, I'm sure you've heard me talk to guests that I have cut my debut record. Uh, It is not out yet, and I will be talking more about it when it is finally released. The record is titled Smile, after the Charlie Chaplin song. If you listen real close, you can hear Charlie Chaplin turning over in his grave. (laughs) I think think that happened somewhere around take three uh, (laughs) of cutting his tune. Uh, I wrote an arrangement, nothing like, I'm sure, how he intended it. Uh, Sorry, Charlie. Sorry, dude. My bad. My bad. Anyways, I will have more information about that uh, when it's released. And as it gets closer, you can stop by RyanRobertsBass.com. That's my personal website for more information uh, and some, like, backstories on the tunes and kind of where, where a lot of the material came from. For you. Yes, yes, I do have some news for you, and a couple little nuggets of news that I have. Uh, one, the collection of funk bass lines that I had been working on of uh, funk transcriptions. The first batch is out. Uh, it's up on YouTube, and you can watch the videos. And in the description below, there are links to all the free downloads of those bass lines. It is Bernard Odom of James Brown. So there's, you know, Funk Funk Volume 1's all James Brown bass lines, right? You can't talk about funk without talking about James Brown. I, I, I kind of wanted to get into the 16th note funk thing, you, you know, first, because I love playing that stuff and, like, do some Jocko transcriptions and some Rocco Prestia. Uh, but I'm like, I, I couldn't, with a clear conscience, talk about funk music without talking about James Brown. So this first batch, Volume 1, is the bass lines of James Brown. And you can visit the Bass Shed on YouTube for those free transcriptions. Also in news is I did an interview with Jimmy Jazz of G Love and the Special Sauce. G Love and the Special Sauce. Um, I did that live. Like I went down to Lemur and uh, we did the interview at Lemur in the. Uh, they have kind of two little showrooms there. We did it in one of the showrooms. Um, a big shout out to the folks at Lemur for coordinating that and asking me to be a part of that. I'm very thankful. And it was a great experience. That will be episode 71. You will also be able to find that uh, on YouTube. We did a video of that too. So you can check out lemurmusic.com for that. Um, and it will also be at the Bayshed YouTube page. So stop by, check that out. And that's the news I got for now.
All right. What's up, folks? Episode 70 is going to be a funky good time because I'm talking with Eric Jesus Coombs. He is the bass player for the funk band Lettuce. If you don't know about Lettuce, you got to check out Lettuce. You got to check out Lettuce. They've been they've been at it. They've been at it. They have eight records out. The eighth is coming out June 3rd. The record is titled Unify. We will talk about that. We'll talk a little bit about the, the history of the band. We're going to talk about Bootsy Collins, of course, because... Because not only is Lettuce a funk band and, you know, Bootsy, but Bootsy is on the new record. Eric got to play bass with Bootsy. How dope is that? So we're going to talk about Bootsy, of course, while talking about the new record. Overall, Eric, Eric, Jesus, <laughs> Eric, Jesus, <laughs> you know, uh, his nickname's Jesus. He's going to talk about how he got the nickname Jesus and who gave him the nickname. He spent a lot of time in Southern California and, um, you know, we, we, him and I kind of reflect on a lot of people we both might know or have played with and, and did that thing. Uh, we talk about that is his whole energy and his whole vibe is just so positive and you know this kind of always existing in this place of gratitude kind of he's i love that he's so um regularly taken away you know by uh, by what his career's turned into and he'll talk about it at during several points of his career just kind of being you know a little bit a little bit shocked that this is his reality and he i feel like he stays in a place of gratitude about all of it because of those elements that have happened in his career and i think that's beautiful i think that's beautiful because i know for me it's easy to get dark it's easy to get dark quick in the music business um especially when you do a lot of work as a sideman and stuff like that uh but it, it was inspiring to me that that he exists in this in this per perception and in this place like where his mind's at he's, he's just staying focused on being thankful for for what his career has been and and what he hopes to do through music and the joy he hopes to bring people through music i think it's absolutely beautiful i will also preface the episode with um but Jesus, Jesus was on the road. It's, it feels weird to call him Jesus because then it sounds like I'm talking about Jesus, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jesus was on the road while I talked to him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but let this let this be a lesson to everybody. Jesus was also at Walmart. So just when you think Walmart is a godforsaken place, remember that you he heard it here at the Base Shed podcast that Jesus is also at Walmart. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Eric, Eric, Eric Jesus was hanging out at Walmart during this. So the preface is, is there's some, there's some, you know, uh, there's some reception issues at times. So, you know, want to let you know that that's a thing, um, you know, but, but just remember folks, Jesus still hears you even when you're at Walmart. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's all I got. I had a great time talking to him and look forward to uh, doing some hangs when he gets back to California. And uh, yeah, we're definitely going to hit up Teddy's Tacos. And here's my talk with Eric Jesus Coombs of the funk band Lettuce. Hello. Hello. Hey, hey. we worked it out. Is Hill there? Is she gone? She's gone. She's gone. Okay, cool. All right, so that's cool. She figured it out. That's awesome. Sorry for the uh, sorry for the confusion myself. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, we got each other on the phone now. <laughs> it worked out. It worked out. Thank you, thank you to Hillary for being the Zoom guru. And <laughs> yeah, stuff I don't, that I don't know about much at all myself. Me neither. I don't even like it in the first place. Man, <laughs> it's like I I didn't use it at all like it was obviously huge during the pandemic and everything and everybody's doing these zoom situations i never used it yeah until this and i only know how to do this one thing you know what i mean like i set it up to get this and then that's it i don't know anything else about it i like i honestly kind of refuse to do it and i make her give me a phone call because i don't i'm just not into it i just something <laughs> about the whole energy of it the vibe i'm not right about the vibe of it for me no, so I just call in and yeah. You know. No, I, I completely agree yeah. with you. And uh, I, I tried that cool. for a little while cool. too. I was like looking at all these third-party apps to re record the phone calls, and then oh yeah, 
there was a couple of podcast interviews where like we got into it, but then like there was a time limit on the call. So it just stopped, you know, <laughs> like right before uh, some good parts of the I conversation. Zoom. Occurred. Do you remember Zoom? It used to, I remember in seventh grade, my friend had a little Zoom, but it was a guitar. It was a for guitar effect. Remember that? Oh, I remember those Zoom multi like effects a- pedals. Yeah. Is that, the, that's not the same Man. company, is it? I don't know. But I mean, I wouldn't, I kind of think it, it couldn't be, right? I don't know. I don't know. I want to know so bad. I don't know. I've because been wondering like, this for a while now. <laughs> that's the, the, the Zoom <laughs> guitar effect company, uh, they're, they're like, I'm thinking this might be the same company now that you bring it up because it like, they like do the all these little logo. handheld recorders and stuff too, like field recorders. Oh, and, yeah. So, I mean, it's possible it's that the it's the same company because the, the logo looks similar too, you know? Uh, yeah, I don't remember the old Zoom logo. I just remember the colors. I remember it being like Zoom written in gray and kind of hating their yeah. products. That's all I remember. I'm, uh, yeah, those things are pretty cool. My friend had one. It was cool. You were into it? Man, I, I always get weird about stuff that do too many things. My- and I didn't get it. My dad was all analog, everything. He was like, oh. that's a digital little toy. My dad yeah. was like, that's a toy. Don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I'm side with your dad on that one. Yeah. I think I would do that. Yeah. And I think maybe that's why we still don't like, I don't like a zoom. Cause I still have that. About, <laughs> right. Know? Right. You think this is all just some kind of joke and gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. My friend. You're not wrong. Right on. Right. Hey, tell me your first name. Ryan. My name is Ryan. Okay, cool, Ryan. So, uh, where are you today? I am. I am at my house, my apartment in Venice Beach. Where are you at? Oh, you're in Venice. Cool. I live in. I live in Long Beach, man. Oh man, <laughs> so much effort when you're this close. I could have just driven down there. If we could. Home. I could have met you on Abbott Kenny. Dude, yeah. You know what I mean? Like we could have went to Teddy's Tacos and just had a hang. Hey, we will when I get back. You know what? We will when I get back. We'll oh, I'm in. I'm fun. in, man. I'm in. I love Teddy's Tacos. Very cool. Very cool. Yes. Cool, um, man. Yeah. So I'm right there in Long Beach, but right now I think I'm in West Virginia. Pretty okay. Sure. Okay. Not uh, all the way sure when you're on the road. You're just like, I don't really care. I'm just t- put, point me towards the stage. Let's go. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. I'm in this hotel till four o'clock in the afternoon. That's pretty much, yeah. yeah. We we are at the, I am at literally at the Walmart right now, and I am looking. <laughs> Dude, I'm trying to the waste Walmart, much time with, the Walmart in West money. Virginia. I feel like that would be a special Walmart experience. It's, it's lit, dude. <laughs> 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 yeah, they got the Mountaineer stuff in here. <laughs> Man. Yeah, so we just literally have today off uh, and tomorrow off because we just finished four really good shows. Dope. And they were great. Now it's just really fun. Yeah, man. It's yeah, I was looking at your touring schedule. You, you guys are you're in it from like late March all the way to <laughs> eight, late uh, late October. You guys are you guys are doing some damage. Yeah, we're getting it in. I'm very very grateful to to get back into it. You know. Yeah, I so bet. It's, it's yeah, we are really going for it i mean they they looks like everybody missed working really bad which i did (laughs) management management was like yeah everybody's seriously ready to go so that's good 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 uh yeah i love having my friends help me motivate you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure uh so let's talk about this record this is your eighth record uh for lettuce unify cool uh it comes out june 3rd uh, yep. That's for everybody else. You already know that. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, before we talk about this yep. record, I'm curious. Eight eight records deep is that's that's a that's a healthy you know catalog. Eight records. How mm. is how do you feel like the band has grown over the course of eight records? Oh well, we um, one thing that's cool is we never really lost sight of why we started. And, you know, like we've grown a lot, but like, if, if you think about it and the way I was thinking about it is, um, 
you know, when we first were sitting down to play together when we were just kids, we we were like, I wonder if this will work. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, right. Uh, like, to to like to like, I wonder if I play my simple bass style and you play your simple uh, drum and you play all our different little simple styles together and see if we can make like a pocket like what we hear on Herbie Hancock's record, Flood and Thrust. And we're like, I wonder, I wonder if we can do that. You know, and then like growing up, getting to where it's like, oh my God, I think it's working. And you know, just we're the only <laughs> ones in this. Like, I think it's working. So the next thing you hear someone else hears and goes, well, that's, that's really working. And you're like, oh my God, I think it's working still. So you're like trying to convince yourself the whole time, basically. So where like last night, I walked past, um, you know, this like marquee with our name on it and it looked really cool. So it was like, we're kind of like, looks kind of big time, you know? And I'm thinking, man, back in the day, I would have lost my mind to see lettuce. I remember the first time I saw lettuce on a marquee, and I was like, you can't, like, almost can't believe they're going to allow you to be this musician that you want to be and to right. be this man that you want to be. You know, kind of like lettuce. Like, the fact that like, who's going to let us get up on a stage, who's going to let us actually book your venue and, and, and be responsible to do this experiment to see if it will be funky, to see if we can play on my civil part, your civil part, and have them enjoy it. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, it, the way I'm seeing it today is like, wow, we've come a long way from just seeing if they'll allow us to do this thing or if it will work to like really knowing it's going to be this. It's going to be the best thing. It's going to kill people. People are going to walk away super happy. They're yeah, gonna be, they're gonna be dancing. They're gonna be sweating. They're gonna enjoy it. Now it's like I, I know that is the thing. It's yeah. like the only time I had to have faith and you're gonna have faith and hope and dream, dream. Now I know for sure that someone can grab it with my hand and pick up across the room. You know, so it was great to be a band. And all that what I'm saying is about being a band, being a, a group. You know, as brothers and as brothers and friends. So. They've really been there for each other through everything personally as friends too. So just that's really the whole thing is just being a team, being a being a cool team. Sure. Sure. Yeah. They man. Musically we uh, still sound hopefully we sound pretty much like we did we we're trying to keep we're still trying to do the same thing, you know. So Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that's what you were just talking about. You know, you want to make people feel happy and dance and like I I can't think of any time someone's gonna put on a funk record or go to a show to hear a funk band and and leave in a bad mood. You know what I mean? Like you can't yeah. listen to funk and be like, ah, oh, you know what? I really, I really should have just stayed home. I really like that wasn't enjoyable at all. I, I really had a bad time. I, yeah. your parking was a mess. Like getting down there, like ah, I wish it was just a, you know. I wish I would have. It's always not. the exact opposite of that. Yeah, exactly. You like, can't, you can't well, engage my with funk told music. Me this thing was going to be cool, and I don't know what funk meant, but now I'm hooked for life. And you know. yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. engage with funk music and not have a good time like that's the nature of funk music is like dancing and having a good time like that's uh yeah you know that's it yeah i mean there's a lot of reasons for music you know what i mean you got your tori amos and she's very necessary you know what i mean yeah. like that's not what we do at all you no. know that she that that's that's just that is essential music too that i enjoy i and and you know there's different moods you get and i get in a mood where i need to hear um you know, I'll listen to that, those guys, you know, whatever. I'll listen to some like melancholy music. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bon Iver is what I was thinking of. Bon, I'll oh, okay. Bon Iver. Okay. I'll yeah, that's, that's definitely melancholy. Like, right. <laughs> really beautiful and melancholy. And yeah, I mean, my influences are so broad. It's like basically even in one day, I'm going to listen to everything, especially Donda. You know what I mean? I'm going to have a Donda moment at some point in the day. And there's going to be Bob Marley and there's going to be roots and there's going to be classical. And there's going to be some, I mean, pretty much every day I'm going to have to, I'm a total music junkie. Like I'm so, that's my main drug of choice. Like I, you know, it's all I really do is just like ingest music. And I like it. I like, I'm going to have, you know, dance music will be played in my headphones today soon. You know, like electronics, yeah. weirdo glitch music will be played in my headphones very soon. You know, like what's the what's the last Donda thing? Come back on. <laughs> you know? What's the so last thing Donda? you listened to before Donda? 
Gonda? Gonda. The song okay. Jonah. The song Jonah? Yeah. yeah. I don't know that one. I don't know. I'm going to check it out when we like get that. off. He goes, he said, you can't talk to somebody like that. You can't get no money like that. <laughs> it gets ugly like that. <laughs> yeah, Jonah's dope. He says, uh, hope you're there when I need a shoulder to lean on. You know, who's going to help me fight all these demons? Looks like I have to do it on my own. You know, it's pretty good. Like, I, I need all those things. But when you, like what I said, is there's so many reasons for music and so many different things. But what we do is extremely uplifting and dance oriented. And like, I like to call it organic dance music. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. because yeah. it is, it is dance music. Sure. For sure. Yeah, of course. Right. Of course. I mean, that's, that was funk, you know, like you think about, uh, it's funny. It's not funny. It's interesting. Um, that we're talking at this point because I'm like right in the middle of doing yeah. all these funk transcriptions right now. Oh, uh, cool. So I'm like, I'm like deep in the James Brown thing. Like that's the first batch. Like if I'm going to talk about funk bass, I got to talk about James Brown because right. he started funk. Exactly. But I mean, exactly. we played a little bit of James last night and it was yeah, all, okay. Which, which one? Papa don't take no mess. We played oh, Papa yeah. don't take no mess. Okay. And it's so fun on bass because you just go boom, a ding, boom, one, five. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so you can really just like look out of the audience and dance around and have a good time because you're not doing nothing. You know, it's like hanging out and playing one five in the pocket. And then there's nothing about bass. Just since talking about bass five, I'm saying it. I talked to Dyche about it the other day. like, you're so specific. That, that Adam is our drummer, but he's like, you're so specific with the pocket. He's like, he's like, you get extremely intricate on some like microscopic level of like hitting the one and i told him i said maybe it's because that i don't have like i'm not about to hit like a minor seven sharp you know i don't have a psychotic inversion i'm not playing piano you know like i have a, a note it's called b and i'm gonna hit it so <laughs> that's all i get to do <laughs> so, like, what i get to think about where and i'm gonna hit the b this, way, that right there sounds the like a james that sounds like a james brown quote right like i got a note I'm going to hit it. I'm going to hit that shit. That's all I get to do. I don't get, I honestly don't get to do anything else. Because I'm not supposed to, like, you know, I, in technically in this, there's a moment for everything, but in this moment, I'm not supposed to arpeggiate the chord and yeah, take right. a bass solo. I'm supposed right. to hit the note. It's called D down D. Hit it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It's like you had one job, you know. You have one job. <laughs> yeah, you got one job, which Don't is play the damn room. <laughs> hit the note. It's called D. It's right there. Don't know where it is. Someone will come over and show you where it is on the bass, <laughs> and you can press the note. It's called D. It's got to be on time, Jack. Yeah. Put that thing in the pocket already, because that's right. all you get to do. <laughs> right. But but to circle back, you know like, what I'm saying? to bring it, I brought up James Brown because like that was all. His, his dance steps like that that music was you know yeah not built around yeah. the dance steps but it was so yeah. congruent and intertwined with the dance step that it's like yeah that, the man. music is dance music and it's was birthed and michael out jackson. of dance yeah there's almost nobody that picked it up but michael jackson and prince both were like exactly it was like the dance is like what they say does the dance come from the music or does the music come from the dance and it's really like obvious with james Sure. It's like the music is, he is making the music with his dancing, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. It's really awesome. It's really, really amazing to see Michael and Prince, like the way, the way they do that. It's something else, man. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so it's let's like, dig into your, 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 uh, your personal history. You're from Southern California. You mentioned you're in Long Beach yep. now. Um, yep. I was reading through, uh, the info that, um, I, what are they? Are they manage? Is that your management company or is that PR? That's lettuce management. That's uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I was reading over the information they sent and um, there's a good chance. We probably worked with a lot of the same people. Cause when I moved to LA, I was doing a bunch of hip hop sessions. Like oh, cool. back cool. in like Oh six. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was definitely working. I was working out of this place. Um, the studio was on. Where was the studio? Hollywood and Coanga, like Caddy Corner from the Greco's Pizza. 
It's like that big building. Yeah. That old big building up on the sixth floor. Um, and it was the engineer who did doggy style and chronic and the first Eminem record. He started a production oh, company. So he used to call okay. me to go over there and cut live bass uh, on, on all his, on all his stuff. Like oh, no they'd way. have a mock-up. Cool, man. Yeah. They'd have a mock-up of like what the, one of the bass to be. And then he'd call me and like, you know, basically like be here in an hour. I'm like, all right. Um, and then I just go over and cut the live thing. Uh, but from the names I read of who you worked with, like you were, you were kind of in, intertwined with that camp too, right? You were working with Snoop and Dre, Eminem. Yeah, I worked with Dre. I had See, when I, this is like 2009. Okay. I, well, let me go back a little bit further. So, um, when I graduated Berkeley College of Music, um, I graduated in 99. <laughs> so I was in Boston. I'm from LA. Yeah. So I was in Boston. And you know, I'm, I, I just, I'm barely just going from being a kid with the kid. is like, I, I want to have a dream, you know, playing music, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I go to because I think I'm just trying to be responsible. I'm always a really responsible kid and like really disciplined and like, I'm not really screwed around much. You know, it's kind of why I got my name Jesus. Like, never doing any drugs or doing anything stupid or drink. I don't drink or I use, I just kind of, I try not to swear anymore, but I started swearing a little bit, but like, I don't really do anything. You know, I don't yeah, do, okay. I, I praise God and I worship God. And I practice my base. And that's now, is that, anyway, so but I, I'm kind of curious about this also. And since it's, you know, we're on topic, does this come from uh, something that was ingrained as a child from your, your parents or whatever your family was up to, uh, was yeah, but I think I just wanted to be good, you know, like I see rewards as being good. I've been like a pretty, uh, what do you call it? Sure. Person since I was a little kid, like I was a little kid, I was kind of an adult. Like I just want to be good. I want to have a phone, be responsible. And, you know, since I was just a little kid. Yeah. So I always want to be as good as I can because it seems rewarding. Right, it right. still does. I gotta say, it still does. <laughs> 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 it totally still does. So, I mean, anyway, longer story shorter that my brother was like, come home because you graduated college. So my brother plays drums. Okay. He's really dope. And he taught me almost everything I know about everything. So he taught me. So he, so I went to college, I went to college to go to Berkeley and he didn't. So he's like, all right, you did the thing, come home. And I'm like, no, <laughs> he's on just a little bit. So I was like, no, I want to get a touring gig because I'm a bass player and I want to get a touring job. And yeah. That's, and I'll come home. And so I'm just like, always been a little bratty little brother to my brother. And I'm like, get us a touring gig and then I'll come home. So he does. <laughs> and it's amazing. He's, this, this, the thing is, I'm always doing that and he miraculously just makes shit happen. So, Ty's made like most things happen in my life, but he goes, I got us a gig. He calls me, you know, a couple of months later, a month or two later. Cause I, I'm basically playing in, I'm still playing music with like at, at Wally's. And yeah, yeah. I was going to ask him um, like, like what was the gig? Just like hanging a, out at Wally's on a Tuesday? I had like a gospel choir. I had a gospel choir gig there. And okay. I was just learning and I was just, I was loving being around my friends in Boston. Just, you know, when in Boston, the, the music school is there Sure. And there's surrounding the music school, just tons of really dope musicians that are really good, you know? So right. I was, in, I was still considering myself learning from them, you know, like the school might've been over, but I was still learning. So I'm like, I'm still improving some crap, but if you get us a job touring musician, I'll come home. Yeah. So, so Sky Smith is um, touring. She's gotten signed to Hollywood record. So she's touring opening for Macy Gray. So national tour, then a tour bus, and everybody's on drums, and I'm on bass. And um, Tim Carmen is on keys. Basically, I don't know if you know Tim Carmen. He's a bad, bad cat. He's I don't know Tim. No bad cat. I know. Nice I know. I'm everyone. aware of Sai though. Oh, cool. Yeah, Sai's yeah. awesome. She's the shit. She's yeah. like my mom. Basically. Okay. Sai's <laughs> my mother. Dope. Yeah. So. Um, so, so Ty gets us to side gig and we're up for Mayfield and we go on the tour and it was awesome basically. And, um, yeah, it was really fly. So 
that's when I came back and I did that tour. And um, from there, we were working with these people named Mark Sparks and a couple other people in the studio that my brother was, see, my brother's always been a really dope, like studio producer. Okay. And so he's really sick in the studio. He's incredible. He's like a Kanye West on the MPC. Like he's phenomenal. Is he, he's down yeah. in Long Beach too? He's up in North Hollywood and he's oh, okay. still working with Ian Warren and Dr. Dre and all those guys. Oh, he's in it, man. Okay. He's in he, it. He's on the A-list yeah. cut. Yeah. Yeah. He's dope. So, um, basically I got back. So, oh yeah. On the Cy Smith tour, Cy told me, she, we had like a party and she, DJ Click. I never, I didn't know DJ Click's music back then. Cause I was like, you know, so he, wait a minute. Okay. So I'm explaining everything about myself, but in college, I was just a hip hop, like crazy person. Like I was just like, big L was my favorite person. Nas my Nas my number one. I just saw Nas a couple of days ago. He's amazing. And we got yeah. a chance to work together. But um he's been my top number one. I've been a maniac for like underground hip hop and I'm and I've always loved that style of music, you know. So uh but then when Big Al died, it tripped me out real hard, man. So like when Big Al died, I was basically had his tape in my Walkman all the time. And it was, you know, it was violent. And so some of the lyrics were violent. Just he was a product of where he's from. And it was, it was violent. So like, he has a song about this cross streets, and he pretty much got killed on those cross streets. So oh wow! Like, man, kind of a, uh, kind of a prophecy. Yeah, totally. And that happens sometimes. Our words are very powerful. So I want yeah. to be careful what I say it too. Yeah, I you agree. Know? I agree. But, I agree um, with all that. Actually, so when he passed that really tripped me out and I went back to church and I was like no more hip hop for a while and I started listening to gospel constantly and then I went really deep on like Kimberell and I started hanging out with Kimberell's band and I was like going to the mall with Kimberell's band and stuff and I had to quit smoking cigarettes because I'm like these people are not into that which is cool because I'm like changing up my scene it was basically Lettuce had left the, the college you know I was at college for two years this was all there with me then Lettuce leaves because they thought they were doing something and so I'm there and I had, I'm like big L dies and I'm like, I, I got to change it up. So I changed it up. I went back to church and I got a gospel choir gig and I was just like, you know, just kind of like wanted to stay on straight there and not mess up my life. You know what I mean? Basically. Not a bad idea. Right? <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. But I mean, and, and something I must say, you know, just being me is that like, I realized that hip hop is, you know, the, one of the most beautiful and in and like, community building things of all time that sometimes gets used in other ways to, you know, and I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not trying to not hip hop or rap because I still love hip. I, like I just said, I just got finished listening to Donda right now. And it's like, words are so powerful that it's just, um, anyway, I went, I had a really hardcore gospel, like a number of years where I was just not listening to hip hop. I was listening to gospel all the time. So, um, I was hanging out with really high, high level, I say all this for a reason because I'm hanging out with high level gospel musicians that know they're, those are like really, to me, some of the best cats that are ever going to live. Like they know everything about music and feel and pocket and all the chords and all the scales. And just like, I don't know. You learn a lot from some gospel choir music. So yeah, I was, when, uh, I was when, just speaking when on the, Smith told me that quick when particularly so all this comes around back to being on tour back to the side, so Sai tells me DJ Quick is dope, and I'm like, oh wait, here's a very very musical person telling me that this 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 rap and this hip hop stuff is is musical and is dope. So she's like, oh dude, listen to it. So she had me listen deep, and there's all these bass players. And now bringing it back to you is like when you now you know like Cornelius Mims, right? You know who Cornelius Mims is? I know the name. He's a bass player that played on most of our favorite like. Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, okay. like all that death row stuff. Okay. This guy's name Corny. DJ Quick ended up bringing Corny in and we did a song together actually. So okay. I worked with Quick for 10, 10 whole years pretty much every day. And we made a bunch of cool records together on DJ Quick Trauma. So I was basically Quick's guy, not basically totally Quick's guy. He would specifically <laughs> not let me play for anybody else, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But that was an amazing experience. He took me all over the world, and we—I got to meet Mariah Carey in the studio, sipping champagne, and 
just like as soon as I started working with Quick, stuff just started getting real, really fast. You know, it's amazing. Just That's like amazing. all of a sudden, there's celebrities around. You know what I mean? Right. And it started getting cool. And we did this song with Truth Hurts called Addicted that Rock Him rapped on. And I went to the video shoot of that, and that's the first day I met Dr. Dre. As Quick introduced me to him, and he said, "This is Jelvis Price." <laughs> I was like, "Dude, I finally get to meet Dr. Dre, and you don't even say tell him my name." He goes, <laughs> "Jelvis Price." And Dr. Dre laughs his ass, so he's like, "I love it." This kid, yeah, yeah. basically, just telling the kid, "And he's saying I'm dope." You know, <laughs> perfect. I mean, that's a great and, introduction, uh, right there. <laughs> And then Quick's the one who named me Jesus, too. So Quick, David is just the greatest dude ever. He put me on entirely. Like, I wouldn't have anything if it weren't for Quick. He he made my whole career entirely. And he let me work with him every day. One of the first sessions we ever did was with Elder Barge. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, did you know Tommy? El- did you know Tommy uh, Doherty? The trumpet player? No, 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 no. He was a he was an engineer and do. producer that did a I lot of death row stuff, and then he was doing El Barge. No, I might I might not have. See, I was just in this little quick world, and quick would have just you know I'm in DJ Quick's world. Yeah. So whoever he has to, because he's an engineer, so he would engineer everything. And he was he's so okay. hands on. He just wanted to do everything. It was basically me and him, and right. that's like then all of a sudden Ludacris or Nate Dogg or somebody would show up. Yeah, he's kind of just got his own his whole own universe, really. So yeah, it's yeah. probably some that's cat's a, ice that you would think I would know, but I don't. Um, what's I'm your brother's name? Just like yeah, Tyler Coombs. Tyler Coombs, right. but they call him he's he's called Tycoon. Yeah, that yeah, makes his sense. Name's Tyler Coombs. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So you come yeah. back. You come back and you start working with Cy, and um, yeah. So now, what what's the he nature of lettuce? when you're coming back to LA is lettuce still existing on the, on the East coast and you're back here getting plugged well, in. Well, yeah, well, lettuce metamorphosized into a, a hip hop band from uh, I don't know. I'm coming back. We were kind of as we, it was me died to means and we were, we we're still, no, wait, hold on. We still, we had both bands. We had the formula and lettuce. When I'm graduating college, we still had, the formula, which was our instrumental hip hop band, which is mainly all of us, you know, right? Pretty much the same cats, but just a different name and different uh, focus, you know. So we we did like pretty dope, um, like we spent a good number of time just doing crazy instrumental hip hop shows in Boston, okay, um, as the formula. But it's all the cats mainly. So then, right. but Lettuce was always doing stuff because that was basically. Yeah, we just had two different focuses. That was the funk band with Lettuce. So, but we, I guess, long story short, is we played seldomly. You know, we'd play like three to five shows a year. Oh, wow. You know? Wow, that's super. We'd sad. always play a couple. We'd always play a couple, but just not many. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we'd do like 10, you know, five to 20 shows a year, basically, something like that. Throughout okay. all, there was, you know, throughout a certain number of years, we were doing that type of thing. So yeah, there was, there was room to do your own thing. So like right. the whole time I was working in the studio and going on tour with Cy, basically we're all trying to just um, solidify the dream of being professional, just to try to get money ever to get ever get money for music, you know? Because so, <laughs> you make a lot of music, it's just you don't make any money. So right. you're yeah. go, okay, how do you turn this <laughs> into a job? Like I, I'm really good at the thing. I'm getting good at the thing. How yeah. do I make money doing that? So sure. Deitch, I think I'd gotten, I think Deitch was on the average white band gig or, or something like that. Okay. He had gotten a gig either with Schofield. You know, he was doing other stuff. Basically, I, I, when I graduated Berkeley, but the rest of the band had already left. They, they, nobody else in the band graduated. I was the only one that graduated. Right. So right. they had already left a couple of years before, but we would still get together you know, a couple of times a year to make some music and to play. Someone would hire us, you know, like some, someone would hear about us and hire the band. So yeah. it would happen a little bit. It would happen a little bit more. And um, yeah, I don't know. Cool. But so yeah, to basically work with Quick for a long time, every day, 10 years then, about. But so you guys were all just scattered all over the country and would meet up for some gigs. And then how yeah. did they kind of get solidified with starting... 
to make it a band and like do records and, you know, make it a really uh, a pursuit instead of just, you know, playing. Well, we had made our first record. I think we had made our first record before I left college. Yeah, we oh, okay. did. We made okay. our first record before I left college in 2000. I think in 2000. Um, okay. So we had always known it was going to be a thing, you know, because the band, when I first got to Berkeley, we immediately just like found each other. Like my parents went to drop me off and I found all of them immediately. And then we immediately went to jam, but like within the first hour I was there. Oh my gosh. So the band's always wow. had this crazy, like, yeah, I should start with that. But you know, it's like the band's had this crazy, like magnetism drawing to each other. Like right. we're from, like I kind of think in my own imagination that we're all from some faraway galaxies that, had this mission that we had to find. I mean, it just feels like that type of thing. You know, it's so yeah. weird. Right. Like, like there's, the way a, it works there's a like, purposeness, a purposed yeah. encounter to it all. Yeah. Like when I first heard the word Dharma with D-H-A-R-M-A and I heard what that word meant, I was like, oh, that's lettuce. Like <laughs> immediately, like before I even considered thinking about what it might mean to me or anybody else, I was like, oh, that's like what I have with some guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy immediately knew that that was like why I'm here, what I'm supposed to do. And that's great. So trippy to have that knowing, you know? Yeah. That it's, uh, that's kind of empowering. Yeah. I mean, you know, it takes all the guesswork out of, uh, people that are fishing around looking for, you know, what they want their career to be. Like, you know, you just say you got a broad skill set and you're like, well, what am I going to do with this? Which way can I go? You know, when you had this kind of in, internal drive and kind of confirmation inside, like, well, yeah, I already know. Like, I know this is going here. Now let's just see how that works out. Yeah. And it allows you to put a lot of energy into it. Agreed. And you know, yeah. Like, not scared to throw the energy, like, the energy away. Yeah. But I guess, like, say, like, pick something, do it super hard. You know, because I could have gone put a amount of energy in it. and who knows if it was the faith in knowing that made me put the energy in or because I had the faith I actually put the energy in. Who knows? But just put the energy in and, and go hard and yeah. like, believe in yourself and believe in whatever you're doing. I, I think that's uh... it was so inspiring, man. So inspiring. It was just like what he nods from the he said, If I can do it, you can super do it. Yeah. You know? That's good. Were all those nice. were all those cats That's pretty supportive? Who? Uh, when you're, would you you would just reference to Nas, correct? You're cutting out oh, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Nas, super like the most supportive, encouraging person. And Dr. Dre is the most encouraging person. He yeah. just wants you to believe in yourself so hard. Like, yeah, being around Dre, like, I mean, I could totally just completely all crying right now thinking about that influence and how much belief he had in me but having Dre and quick believe in me hearing, hearing quick tell people I was a bass player made me feel like so cool. Like yeah. it's like, I remember one day just being at Dr. Dre's house and all these producers, anybody need, he got the bass. And like, I was just like, Holy shit. Did, did that yeah, just did, happen? Am I, yeah. am I, is this happening to me? Right. 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 When did Dre become my agent? <laughs> this is amazing. Um, I want to talk about something else about your new record, which is Bootsy Collins. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bootsy's on it. Man. Speaking of like, yeah, you know, surreal moments in the music world. Uh, talk about talk about having Bootsy on the record. Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, so hard. It's so hard to believe that's real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's huge, man. Yeah, I think just Bootsy cares about us all, man. Bootsy cares about the next generation getting on the one and being unified and, yeah. you know, being respectful and loving and being funky and having a good time on planet Earth and dancing and, and loving music and loving each other. Like, he's just so sweet, man. Hey, man, that's that's killing. That's killing. Were you um, so he played on one track on the, the new record? We played bass on it together. So oh. you'll hear the track. Yeah. Yeah. We both played bass. So it's dual bass. 
Okay. And it's really funky. Because I remember we came up with the track. Dice came up with the track from Instagram because it's mid, mid, like psychotic pandemic time. So Bootsy was like, we got to keep that funk alive. So Dice (laughs) sampled it. And then they made up the bass line and I played the, I played the bass line and kind of correct to me. <laughs> so I did it. And I wasn't sure. I mean, at that point we're just dreaming it up again still. So I wasn't sure Bootsy was going to play. So I played two bass lines. I played okay. a low bass line and a high bass line. They both stayed. Plus his bass comes in. He then, so then he sang on the whole song. Ah, so yes. he's singing on the whole song and um, we're both playing bass on it together. And uh, he comes, so you'll hear a lot of me funking out for a while, but then he comes in in the bridge with the space space of like distortion. It's real obvious when he comes in with this bass. It's real loud and crazy. Please tell um, me he did the the iconic introduction where he introduces himself. Did he did he introduce himself on the record? They always Bootsy baby. Did he did he do I it? Don't, I'm coming at you with both hands. With Bootsy, is I don't. I gotta listen to it again. I think he said Bootsy. I don't think yeah. the thing is he says lettuce. Oh, and I got so that's excited. getting even better. When he said lettuce, I like kind of fell over. I just couldn't handle it yeah. because I just couldn't handle that, man. <laughs> and um, it's hard to handle sometimes, man. Life is really good. I'm really, really thankful. You know, like, um. Yeah, I always knew life would be good, but who knew it could be this good? You know, That's what pretty I mean? great, each man. day is not promised. Sure. Every day is just a blessing, and, a, and it's like a, we're so lucky to have each one of these days. Yeah, you know, so it's so cool that yeah, he said so when he said lettuce, I couldn't hear it. I don't, I don't know, know if he said booty after that, but I lost my mic and complete yeah. into another state of consciousness. Yeah, when yeah he right, said right. Lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. What's, what's the name of that track? What's the one with Bootsy on? Keep that funk alive. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's cool. And the thing is, the band, we're in Ohio. We're about to be at Ohio tomorrow. So we're trying to call him and try to go bug him. Is that where he's at? He's in Ohio. Yeah, I never. I don't don't know that much about him yet. Oh, he's 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 on my list. Did you see the tour? There's some Tales from the Tour Bus stuff that's did you see the tales from the tour bus? No. What is that? Is that a documentary it's, or just like a, a it's YouTube It's like an series? animated series. You're going to love this, man. They have a country series and a funk series. Okay. And it's animated. It's it's the guy that did Beavis and Butthead. Okay. And um, it's phenomenal. They tell stories. So, but Bootsy has his own uh, episode. I, I've read but, some of like the articles uh where Bootsy will talk about like being on the bus with James Brown and stuff. Um, but I haven't yeah. seen the animated thing. Animated thing's pretty fun. But yeah. There's a lot of resources to find out about like Fred Wesley's book is pretty amazing. I heard I haven't made it through it, but a lot of guys in the band have nice. uh, read Fred's book. It's supposed to be really good. Sick. Um, so where's next? Where's yeah. your next step on the tour? You're off what today and tomorrow. And then you're back out. Uh, what? Wednesday. What day is today? Monday? Yeah. We our next stop is um Newport Music Hall in Columbus. Okay. All right. Yeah, Man, and we're playing Brooklyn Bowl, Philly. Brooklyn Bowl in Philadelphia on the second of April. Nice. Nice. How many Yeah, but the album's real good. It's real fun. There's a lot of fun stuff on it. So on Turkey Funk, so there's something I thought I'd say since we're bass players. There's a song called uh, Gravy Train on it. Yeah, yeah. And I played six string bass on that. I played six string bass on a couple of them. Yeah, I, the I can definitely hear I... it in the low end on that tune. Like there's, nice. and I was yeah. I was curious. Uh, you know, like I, I was listening to that specific track and I wrote down some questions about it, kind of preparing for this. And I yeah. was wondering if, like, you had ran an octaver and just, like, it was a studio trick and only kept the, the sub-octave of your octaver, or if you played a five or something, because that's that's down there. What was that, like a low C, C-sharp? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I played the uh, I played the six-string on it. Okay. Okay, is that yours yeah. you ordered, or With did the... you borrow one for the session? Yeah. No, that's, the same. that's, like, the same bass I played on all the Dr. J and Quick records, you know? Okay. Yeah, so Quick and I did this song called Trouble. You ever heard the song called Trouble? 
maybe I could re- like if I heard it, I'd be able to know, but I don't know it by title. Okay, so when you listen to this song, it's called Trouble. I played six string bass on it. It's really high. It sounds like everybody I know thinks it's a guitar, but it's it's the high end of my six string. Okay. So that's like kind of the main part of the whole thing. We kind of used it like a sound, like a sample kind of thing. Yeah. What's so uh, what's the bass? Like I had my six string with me the whole time. Dope. What's the bass? And then I played, uh, it's a Yamaha. Oh, okay. Six string. Yeah. CRB. Yeah, sure. But it's the, uh, so then I played that same bass on um, Kanye West's College Dropout, the first the first Kanye record. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I've been playing this bass a lot. So I, just, I finally brought it to Lettuce, you know? Nice. Man, the TRBs are heavy. I had a TRB5 for a while. Like Those basses are just uh-huh. heavy. Like, yeah. just heavy basses. Yeah. yeah, it's not light at all. No. But it's got a... It's got a it's, it's not light at all. No, it's heavy. <laughs> I love that thing, though, man. That's fun. Do you? I mean, do you? You get the upper register in there much on a on a lettuce gig? Do on you know? that gravy train, you'll hear I do a chord. Yeah, so I've been playing. I heard the this, double uh, stop. Four, yeah, four note chord. Oh, it was a four yeah, note. So I okay. Was, yeah, I put a I think a four note chord in there. At least I've been playing it four notes on the road now. Okay. I've been doing it on the road. I brought it. I brought the six string on the road, so we've been playing Gravy Train every night, and I've been using that chord. But real, um, real, you know, like like James style, like just putting it in that one spot. I'm not just like mess. I'm not just like playing it all. You know, I'm just going like super doo doo and flat it, and I put it there. And then Schmeens has his chord that comes off of that. Right. So it sounds real cool, like syncopated funk. I mean, it's like. It's, yeah, it's all it, about discipline. With the six string, you got to have discipline. You know, like that's when I first got the six string as a kid, I was like, wow, I got to be careful with this thing. You know, <laughs> you could really easily become like this annoying guitar player, bass player. It's well, annoying you know. if you're playing guitar. If you're playing guitar, you're like, dude, I'm playing guitar. Will you stop that, please, right now? There's, there's <laughs> people that have made good careers out of that. Um, for sure. For yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, being annoying. <laughs> there's ridiculous <laughs> six string players out there but then there's dudes that are just like all right just stop um yeah and you know. you know what i have a lot of respect for like so when, when we talk about that though it's real because there's cats like thundercat or um even victor wooten yeah. where you hear them and you hear them play all that shit and you don't know and then, but you'll see if they go, oh, now you want to see bass? This is bass. And then they'll play pocket and you're like, oh, okay. I didn't know he knew he knows how to do that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He really, really knows how to do that. Right. You know, like you see Thundercat play pocket and you're like, oh my God. They'll play low pocket and just, it's the funkiest thing you ever hear in your life. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, Same thing I, with I Mono Neon. Mono Neon simplifies down to playing the low bass and you're like, wow, it's the most popular. He's I've dope. Ever heard. Mon- he's dope. Yeah. I haven't spent a bunch of time listening to Thundercat. Uh, His piano player is a really good friend of mine. And so like I run into, I run into Thundercat, like when I'm hanging out with the piano player, you know, like Thundercat will come over and we're just hanging. Um, But I remember the piano player is Dennis. And I remember me and Dennis did a gig one time and he was just off the road from Thundercat. This is, I don't know, maybe three or four years, maybe two, two or three years before the record drunk came out. Oh yeah, and and, uh, and I'm like, dude, like he brought some Thundercat charts to the gig, and I'm like, dude, like heads up, I've never listened to Thundercat. Like, I don't know if I should be ashamed as a bass player or as your friend. Like, I don't know, but you know, no, I'm outing, it don't matter. I'm outing myself now, and then I went home and checked it out. And I'm like, okay, cool, uh huh, cool. Like that's, I respect it. Like I, that's, that's not where I land, but cool, I'm into it. Yeah, yeah. You know. No, I just love he's doing it. He's always been a friend, Steven, you know? And yeah, he yeah. was just like a regular bass player. He was, he and I were just like the bass players around L.A. There wasn't very many of us. It was like a couple. He was there. We're, I was there. We're both just trying to play bass. And I was just always really proud of him for stepping out, you know, and having his own band, you know, leading his own thing. And Man, I'm really proud of him now because he's Everybody from now. L.A. at that time when Steven was coming up and – uh like all those Hamilton High kids, you know. Yeah. 
you know, like they're all they're all jazz stars now. <laughs> you know, like Kamasi, yeah. Cameron oh, Graves. Kamasi, yeah. Like Kamasi's whole yeah. band was Hamilton guys. You know, like yeah, everybody. You know Joseph Lineberg. You know who Joseph Lineberg is? No, I don't know him. No? Joseph Lineberg is dope. See, he's the same crew as all those guys. He did a song on Kendrick's record too. Okay. And I played on his record too. Okay. I played on a song called Celestial. Celestial something on his record. It's really dope. It's in my, uh, I think it's in my. What Joseph, what's his name? Joseph Limeberg, L-E-I-M-B-E-R-G, Limeberg. Okay. No, I don't know him. He's dope. Dude. I met all those dudes out at the old piano bar when they were just there yeah, playing. Like they were just the a house crew, band. Though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Remember those dudes? Those, uh, yeah, I remember those dudes. <laughs> yeah, I remember. No, I remember now. all that. Yeah, they are they're killing so it. killing. Like I was. Kendrick uh, really hooked everybody up. I think Kendrick really. Kendrick, just, yeah. Having Kendrick make that record with all of them, and having it sound the way it sounds, they just that shit is dope, man. I'm so happy up. all of that happened in life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's but Thundercat's fun to listen to. It's kind of more. Sometimes it can be more melancholy. I just love he's expressing himself. You know. Yeah, he's, I, I appreciate him being uh, bold enough to do who, what he's doing and who he is. You know what I mean? Like he's right. He, you know he's going I mean? he's hard on you. his own thing. Like, that's great. That's great. Yeah, he's not scared. He's not scared. And I'm at like, all. He's right. Like sober. And now he's in Star Wars, bro. He's, he's like where, acting really? in, in. He's literally an actor in Star Wars. <laughs> I, I don't know if I heard about like, that. I might have. I can't remember. Bro. Thunder Cow will always amaze us. He, I don't know if you've seen him. Have you seen him play live? He's, he's, no. Last time I saw him right was... Uh, took my face off. I felt like I couldn't... I shouldn't be a I mean, I've, I've seen you him know, play like, live. Kind of I've seen him play live like at, when everybody's just hanging out at this house, you know, and we're having like a party or get together, a barbecue oh. or something. So like okay, he'll just grab yeah. a bass and hang. But I've never seen him do his cool. thing. Um, yeah. And then like, I haven't seen him seen him... I've never seen a show. Uh, I took acid. Like, I'll be honest. I don't know if I want that on record, but I took acid and watched it, and I was like, "Whoa, I yeah. can't deal with." This I mean, I feel like that, that would, that's a fair, <laughs> fair time to do that. Yeah. yeah, I was in the forest, and he and it was totally safe, and, and that show was unbelievable. Like yeah. solo wise, bass solo, like guitar player, bass solo wise, like whoa, yeah. Dope, like really dope, you know, like for sure. all the chords you ever wanted to hear and all the scales and all the things, you know, it was great. It was yeah. really great. A lot of technique, man. Dude. Yeah. And his work on, you know, his work on to pimp a butterfly, you know, really, if you want to listen to Thundercat, listen to Kendrick's record. Cause that he took him on almost every track. Yeah. I mean, I know that because the dude who was working on that record, uh, a producer named Rocky Smith sent me some tracks to play on that he was also doing around that same time for, uh, I don't know, hip hop rap guy named Wale. So he sent me some Wale. Oh tracks, yeah. I love Wale. And oh, he's yeah. like, dude, I think it was like two or three tunes and I cut some stuff and I sent them back. He's like, yeah, no, like more like this, more like this. And then finally he's like, uh -huh. more like Thundercat. I'm like, okay. So I get on YouTube and check out oh, Thundercat on, and I'm like, ah, all right. Like that's a different thing, you know, like, that's not what you want to hear as a bass player. It's not what I, if someone said that to me, I was like, you called call Thundercat, bro. Yeah, especially because like, <laughs> you just worked with Thundercat on the Kendrick record. Like, you know, I, I think I had two basses with me. I had a five string and then like a four string with flats and none of it is Thundercat stuff. And, oh, uh, no. Not you know, close. so like, eh, all right. I mean, so. and you know, and it, you know we're just always going to be ourselves, man. Like, he, sure. He's him. He, I go tell him to be somebody else. He's gonna be like, I do what I do, man. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. I hate that it happened to you, bro. But uh, I, you I know, know I, mean, I, I, I did that, what I. I thought I overplayed. I thought I overplayed on the track, and the producer loved it. <laughs> I have no idea if it yep. made the Wale record or not. But cool. he's like, dude, oh, I love it. How Send do you not know one. that though? How do you uh, not know? You don't check to see if it made it. No. All the hip hop sessions I've done, I don't have credit for. Like they would just hand me oh. like a handful of cash and like oh, I, I got no record credit for any of them. Oh man! I yeah, that was all so part of that game. To get... Bro, it's cool to hear you say that. Yeah. This is hard, man. Like it definitely does not say my name on college dropout at all. But I, right. I tried as hard as I could to get them to credit me as many times as I could. But I was such a kid. 
But my yeah. dad was at the music industry, so he would try to get me to get it to happen. And yeah. It would happen a little bit at the time, but not all the time. That's for sure. No, it was I think so it was, hard to get credit. So hard was, to get publishing too. Like, like I wrote my baseline. They're like, yeah. You're not getting published. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I think I was 24 when I was doing those sessions. And I was, you know, I had only been in L.A. like less yeah. than a year. And I, I'm i cool. just thinking like, oh, wow, this is it. You know, like, woo, I'm going to be Pino Palladino in two years. Like, no, you know, uh, this is going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. And, you know, no. that The lesson I learned there is like, <laughs> you know, the gig always ends. And uh, it doesn't always turn into a next gig. You know, that whole thing happened. And. Yeah, it was an experience and it was great. I have no idea the names of the songs I was on or the records, you know, like, I don't know. I know it was for Kendrick's label, Top Dog. Is there any way to find out? Wouldn't it be kind of just fun and interesting to find out? I kind of went down the rabbit hole one night and I was curious and I was snooping around and like trying to listen to everything. It was like that ring a bell, that ring a bell, that ring. Nothing. Right. I I vaguely remember some of the Wale tracks. And a good friend Wale's of mine. Wale's from DC. What's that? He's musical. Wale's yeah. pretty musical. That's that's why it didn't surprise me. He wanted it to be more crazy or more musical. He's a real musical cat. Right. Um, those ones I kind of cool. remember the the titles, but I've never, I've never like sat and looked it up. I don't know when the record came out. I can't even really remember the year I did that session. What year did the Pimp a right. Butterfly come out? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> like I'd have to start there and then kind of like, well, what Wale record came out a little bit after that? Yeah, I guess you got to give thanks for the experience. I had a lot of fun doing it. In fact, yeah. I was thinking like Same. what I'm really thankful to have started my own band, our own band, Lettuce, you know, because I mean? a gig always ends unless you are the gig. You know what I mean? And like exactly. most of those cats like Wale is the gig. He's still going somewhere getting some money today. He's probably getting money right now. Yeah. You know, but when we are the gig and you create the gig, that's really what I was, you know, very thankful for my friends that we were able to do. Because, yeah, just like you said, if it if it weren't for my own gig, all those gigs ended, you know, yeah. so, so all the gigs I thought I had were, you know, pretty much over, I think. You know, it depends. So, I mean, I know guys that still keep the Dr. Dre gig on lock and they paid, you know, they're getting their salary. They're on salary, sure. you know, so... If you get in with the right camp, it's not supposed to have to end. You know what I mean? No, no, no. I mean, basically, if you know like Adam Blackstone, if you know Adam Blackstone, if then you the know gig Adam won't Blackstone, end. <laughs> you can, man, he sure has done a wow. Really that dude's got it on lock, man. He's got everything on lock. He has everything on lock. Yeah. He's like the clear channel of bass players. The man <laughs> <laughs> Well, well. Like, what the event? Yep, we own the venue and the artist. It's yeah, great. We exactly. really like it. <laughs> right. Right. It's the live nation of bass players. Sure does have everything on lock, man. I sure am jealous of <laughs> You know, like he does. I, I'm friends with the uh the horn players that he uses. That uh um, regiment? Yeah. Does he use regiment? Yeah, he uses the reds like all the time. Um that's actually Ooh, I met them around one. so me and you might know the drummer when you were opening up for Macy with Cy. It was probably yeah. the same year that my old business partner was playing drums with Macy. Yeah. His name yeah. is Yaji Hamden. Did you know Yaji? Not well, no. Okay. But you, so we, him and I started a jam session then in North Hollywood. Uh, this is a long time ago, maybe 10 years ago at this point. Uh, and then he, we had Psy as the guest artist. That's how I got introduced to who Psy was. And that was, cool. I don't even know what year. That was a long ass time ago. But that's how I met the Reds, yeah. too. Like, he brought in the regiment, and then the regiment used to play with the house band a lot, and we'd go back to Kevin's place and party after the gig. Yeah. It was yeah, fun, fun cool, times. Man, man yeah. Kellen, Um. <clears throat> have, yeah, we got to hang out when I get back, dude, man. for we'll sure. Go, we'll, you meet in person, man. Absolutely, dude. That'd be that'd be a blast. Um, either I can. Uh, Hillary has my personal cell phone number. Uh, okay, so cool. Grab that from Hillary and just shoot me a text whenever. And uh, dude, let's okay. definitely do a hang. Cool. That'll be fun. Righteous. Well, I look forward to reading it, man. I say appreciate your time. Oh man, thank you. I'm glad we got the tech thing worked out, dude. Have a good tour, and we'll be in touch. Okay. Talk soon. All right. Peace, man. 
All right. All right. All right. That was my talk. That was my talk with Jesus, folks. <laughs> it, it never, it, it, every time, every time it feels, it feels a little weird. It feels a little weird saying it. It's my talk. It's my talk with Jesus. Y'all just heard me talk with Jesus. That's how it goes. You know, Jesus hanging out at the Walmart. That's cool. Jesus playing. Like if you just, if you, you can use any part of that conversation, you know, like, Jesus playing bass for Dre. <laughs> it just frames it all a little different. It's hilarious. Um, I, I love his just like how his excitement about music still, and there's there's such an innocence there about this this the excitement he still has for his his music career and music in general. Um, absolutely, absolutely lovely time talking with um, Erica Jesus. <laughs> right like it's never not funny uh, yeah wonderful time keep a lookout for the new record coming out by lettuce titled unify that comes out june 3rd i will have links to their website at thebayshed.com backslash podcast backslash eric jesus combs you can visit their website and check out more information about the record check out their tour dates if they're playing in or around your city stop in Say hello. It's going to be a funky good time, and you won't be disappointed, so go check them out. Uh, if you're enjoying the Bay Shed Podcast, please hit subscribe. Please leave a comment. Please, uh, you know, shoot me an email if you'd like, ryan at thebayshed.com. I, uh, <laughs> I just did a similar plug like that on the end of a YouTube video, and I caught myself while I was editing the video, caught myself saying, you know, or if you just like to say hello. And then that that made me think of Lionel Richie, of course, and so I had to, I made a little Lionel Richie joke, there, in the video. I uh, I don't think Lionel Richie is going to end up seeing the video, so we're probably all right. Uh, that's all I got for this one, folks. That's all I got for this one. Thanks for listening, and I will catch you on the next one in a minute.